Welcome to Embracing the Journey, a program focused on the freedom that comes from being able to talk about death. I'm Lori Burkhart Frank. Today we're talking about Death Cafe with Death Cafe facilitator Andrea Deerhart. She is also the passionate founder of The Heartway. Andrea is an author and consultant. She has a doctorate in mythology with an emphasis in psychology, comparative religions, death, dying, and beyond. Welcome, Andrea. Thank you so much for having me, Laurie. It's such an honor to be here and continue the conversation around life and death. Well, Andrea, there is so much about your background that involves death. So tell us about some of the things that have called you your heart and have gotten you involved before you started getting involved in Death Cafe. I'm delighted to share a little bit of the the journey with you. And I think um, the most important thing to share, the most sacred or the initiation into this journey uh, in exploring, sharing, educating about end of life concerns is really my little girl. When I was a little girl, I was frightfully frightened of death. I was terrorized of death. I used to um, go under the covers as a little girl and I always took my dog because I never wanted to die alone. And I tried really hard to imagine what it would be like to die. All my family members were dying around me of heart disease and nobody was talking about it then. So it was very, very frightening and scary as a little girl. I don't know, Lori, maybe I lasted 30 seconds until I was suffocating and (laughs) I came out of the covers and I wanted nothing to do with death because it was dark, it was hot, it was scary. And that was the impression that I carried with me through my childhood. And it really, really created a lot of anxiety for me. Did everything I could to avoid death. It also inspired a 35-year journey of exploring health and wellness and Ayurveda and yoga. And so it made me healthy because I was going to fool death and not die, right? Um, so I'm very, very grateful for that. We have a saying, good, bad, who's to say? We often don't know. But that inspired my journey. And when I was in my mid-20s, I decided to take the leap. And I decided to volunteer at a hospice. And this is partly how hospice is so near and dear to my heart. And uh, I was just going to try and overcome it. And I have the personality and the heart of, okay, you dive in the swimming pool, even if there's no water or anything to protect you, you just go and try and face those fears. And um, that was one of those times. And rightly so, my first patient died in my arms and with her went many of my fears because I got to touch death, I got to be with it. And it wasn't at all what I had imagined all those years, it wasn't scary. It was sad, I cried, um, but there's something about it that was peaceful. And you know that feeling that we get in life sometimes when you know your home, home within your heart and home within your soul? That was one of those moments in my life. And that inspired my journey. And uh, at the time I was in business and working uh, in the computer industry in the boom in the 80s. And that just wasn't it. And I was studying to get my MBA. 
because this is kind of a significant comment to the journey of the Heartway, the nonprofit that I founded. I was going to go get my MBA because I was going to go back out there and teach uh, corporations that you can manage with a heart. You can get your numbers, you can get all the successes, but we we're missing that heart component. Component, And I really believed that would um, create more success in the corporate world, as well as a lot happier people, that's for sure. So I uh, had a very beautiful hospice nurse work with me and she said, what are you doing? And I said, oh, I'm studying for the GMAT exam. It's horrific. <laughs> and uh, she, she just, sh- we're on the radio, so you can't see this, but she just shook her head, no. And I said, what do you mean, no? And she said, you belong here. And it, I just paused and I went, of course I do. She saw something in me, however, that I hadn't seen yet, but I loved her and I loved what I did enough. And there was enough of that voice inspiring me, that intuition. And I took the leap and became a hospice social worker. It was that for many years. And I left hospice in the mid nineties um, because I wanted to expand the model. The model was shifting in, in the medical model of the end of life. I wanted to continue to deepen in the psycho-spiritual, psycho-social aspects of dying. So everybody was included in um, the healing. So in- a- Andrea, you, you mentioned that you were going to get your MBA and then you ended up as a doctorate oh. with a doctorate. So how that happened? <laughs> did this shift with, with that hospice nurse it did send you it- your education in a different direction? She did. I dropped like a lead weight, the studying for the GMAT and started the GRE, which is the entrance exam for taking counseling psychology. So I got a master's in counseling psychology because I wanted to be a clinician. I wanted to learn how to serve. I wanted to learn how to walk by someone's side and inspire them to be all that they could be. I knew I wasn't needed, but I wanted to inspire I wanted people to believe in themselves. So I went for my clinicals as a counseling psychologist. And when I graduated with that is when I became a hospice social worker, but it wasn't enough yet. Um, I love education. I love teaching, uh, but first I'm a student. I'm always a student. And a little secret out there, teaching makes you the best student ever. You learn so much when you teach. And um, I had always wanted to go to Pacifica Graduate Institute in, in Santa Barbara. I was there for a graduation. And again, it was a place like home. And when I was ready, my daughter was old enough. I can go back to school to get my doctorate. I always wanted to teach. So my master's got me teaching at a community college in Southern California called Saddleback College. And getting a doctorate would allow me to do more university teaching. And I wanted to bring death into the university. I wanted that to be part of our daily conversations in our education. And um, well, this uh, is a good time to let our listeners know that they are listening to Embracing the Journey on KVMR. I'm Lori Burkhart Frank. And today we're going to be talking about death cafes with a death cafe facilitator, Andrea Deerhart. And we're just about to the place where death cafes you have to tell us what is a death cafe and how did you get there? Uh, as I was sharing a little bit with my journey on education, um, when I first started this work 
35 years ago, nobody was talking about death and it was frightening. And I just saw, just felt it was palatable, that fear of death. And I just automatically started having those conversations with everybody. You probably don't want to come over for dinner at my house. That's a conversation at the dinner table, but it absolutely inspires life. So I started developing all kinds of workshops around death, aging, conscious aging, um, aging well, uh, embracing life, all kinds of groups and workshops to get the conversation going around death. So when I found Death Cafe about eight years ago, I said, this is perfect because it's, it's got an open, an open format. And I'll share with you what Death Cafe actually is right now, but I wanted to share this with you all because it really strikes me. We live knowing that everything dies. Like the sun, it's a fact of life. And like the sun, we tend not to look right at it. Unless you've experienced a recent death, it's probably not something you discuss. The fear of death haunts us like nothing else. And it makes sense. All other fears, such as public speaking, centipedes, heights, <laughs> um, pale in comparison. So we don't really talk about it. And Death Cafe is a safe place to talk about it. The, the phrase Death Cafe, a lot of people don't know its history. And so I'll just spend a minute on that if that's okay. That's great. Oh, good. It identifies both the movement and the individual gatherings that occur as part of the movement. The movement began in Switzerland when Bernard Kreetz, forgive me for if I pronounce that improperly, held his first Café Mortel in 2004. Later, a British web designer, nothing to do with that, Web designer John Underwood, bless his heart, he just died, was inspired to host a death cafe gathering at his home in London in September of 2011 and to establish a website for the movement. So today there are, um, I have all the numbers gathered for us. Um, let's see. Today we have over 11,574 death cafes in over 74 countries. So and this is stats from some, last night. <laughs> this is out. so interesting to me because until recently I had never heard of a death cafe and to think that it's an international movement. Uh, what goes on at a death cafe? Is it an actual place? Yeah, I'm going to tell you about that. I was just, you, uh, there in California alone, just so you know, and our, our local listeners, there's 5,781 death cafes listed in the United States. And there was no California statistics. We have one in Nevada City. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, a death cafe isn't necessarily a place. It started in a home. Death cafes all over the world are in cafes, now mostly at home, on Zoom, there's Facebook Lives, but it's a gathering and we're, we're blessed right now during this tough pandemic time to be creative in what the definition of gathering means, aren't we? So Death Cafe has taken that same transformation. But really um, what the cafe is, 
is it's a nonprofit base. It's never charged at all is welcome. And the goal of it is to be accessible, respectful, and a confidential space with no intention at all of leading people to say any conclusion, no products are sold, no actions, and always something sweet is served. If you had um, the opportunity to attend our death cafe at the California College of Ayurveda every month, you were always served dark organic chocolate and tea. Well, that's <laughs> inviting. <laughs> yeah, that's what I figured. I mean, death by chocolate, what are you going to do? I mean, that's a not a bad way, I don't think. Um, but the overall objective of the Death Cafe, which is probably the most interesting for our listener, is to increase awareness of death with a view of helping people make the most of their, of their finite lives. So it's really about living. It's really interesting. I'm asked often by clients, sometimes a family member will bring me in to support um, someone at the end of life. And the person says, I don't want to talk about death. And they said, oh, good. I really don't either. I want to talk about how you'd like to live until you die. What's important to you? What are you needing to do, to say, to be? And death inspires life. Take a moment to contemplate that. What if there was no death in our life? I might put a little plug in for a Disney film, not an animated Disney film called Tuck Everlasting. It's a story of a family that found the fountain of youth. Surprisingly, it wasn't that wonderful, <laughs> but it really helps us contemplate the motivation and inspiration that death brings to our lives. So at a death cafe, what goes on? Is it a teaching type of environment? Is, it, is there a curriculum? Is it conversation? What, what actually happens? Oh, thanks for asking. There's absolutely no curriculum. Why I chose Death Cafe as a platform, because there's other groups like this out there, like the conversation. And uh, is, it is an organic process. So to define it, a Death Cafe is a discussion group. It's not a support group and it's not a grief group. However, you leave feeling supported and you leave feeling held in your heart. It's really a discussion group where people bring into the circle what's on their mind. I usually open the group after sharing a little bit about what I shared with you all tonight, what the cafe is about and some guidelines on keeping everybody safe and comfortable in a discussion group and confidentiality is I usually start by asking, what brought you to a death cafe? What's on your mind? I imagine there's a lot of other things you could do on a night like tonight than talk about death. So something brought you here. And that usually starts the conversation, usually starts the conversation. And I'm really just a facilitator. And sometimes I, uh, most of the time, I just step in and be part of the group and maybe share something that was on my mind or something that got inspired by a client or what somebody had said in the group or personal um, experiences that I've had in my life with death and family and loved ones. Well, how big are these death cafes? Are there a lot of people that show up? Do you make reservations? Nobody will ever be turned away. I want to share that. That's a policy for the Heartway. Nobody will ever get turned away. I didn't even share about the Heartway yet. I'm happy to do that sometime. Um, 
uh, online on Facebook, there's over 500 people that have viewed the Death Cafe. And so, this is new because of the pandemic or has it always been on Facebook Live also? New since the pandemic. So, yeah, so there has been a physical location that people go to and now you're, it's evolving. So there's the Facebook Live, uh-huh. which and Zoom ones. Mm-hmm. And so the Zoom ones, how do you find out about the Zoom ones? And are those really big too? Yeah. So, um, and uh, in the Death Cafe Live, people um, write their questions or comments in the feed, and then I read them and share them. Somebody actually feeds them to me so I can be as present as I can. Um, and I share feedback on it, and then someone on the feed might respond to it. So it becomes a, a nice back and forth conversation. And um, the the group in, in present live sometimes is 50, sometimes more, but usually there's hundreds that end up watching it and writing comments. Um, in a Zoom, it's more intimate. So there's an opportunity for, for both people and we get to see each other. So it really forms like a group. And I've had groups from as little as eight to as big as like 25 on a Zoom count. And we did it live here. It was averaging about 15 to 25 people would show up for, which is great. Um, so we have time for people to share that that wants to share. And who comes to the Death Cafe? You name it. Um, some people come that are afraid of death and trying to take that step like I step to um, see if they can overcome their fear. Some come that are grieving. Some come that are dying. Some come that are caregiving for someone. And the age is I've had beautiful, I've had a baby in, in the death cafe, but uh, they didn't speak. They, they gurgled a little bit and that was sweet. <laughs> well, I want to tell our listeners that they're listening to Embracing the Journey on KVMR. I'm Lori Burkhart Frank, and today we're talking about Death Cafe with a Death Cafe facilitator, Andrea Dearhart. And we are talking about who attends Death Cafes to talk about death. So you, you said it, it really could be all ages and, and all levels of health. Do you find that more people who are uh, having health challenges show up or or perhaps like you were sharing earlier in the program about just being a young person concerned about death. Mm-hmm. Do you have many people show up for that reason? All the reasons. I don't think there's more or the other, to be honest. Um, it, it's a group for absolutely everybody that's living. <laughs> it's a group for everybody. And you get from young to the beautiful elders in this group. And that's part of the joy for a young person to witness an elder person's thoughts or philosophies or or fears or sharings uh, and vice versa for some elder to witness a young person where they are and how they view death. Some come with a heavy burden of fear. Some come with a curiosity. Some come with the desire and the, the passion just to share and be heard. And there's always a magical healing in the collective. Well, that. Is this a one-time event? Do people attend more than once? Do they become a group where they drop in and out? What, what is that like? 
Yes, yes, yes. Um, I have some people that have attended a, a, a death cafe in Laguna Beach that I've been facilitating for eight years and have been there for eight years. And I have others that drop in once and others that come several times. What I can say in the hundreds of cafes I've had the honor of facilitating, I'm not a good counter, so I can't give you an exact count. <laughs> um, no death cafe has ever been the same. That's no very interesting. No has ever been the same. Uh, the topics vary from fear of death to what's it like to die, to afterlife, to near-death experiences, to right to die, to advanced directives, to um, how do I get help? Um, what are the ways and support systems out there? And uh, I don't want to die like my mom. How do I do this? Um, so the, the topics are endless. Well, how do I find a death cafe near me? You said that there, there has been a location here in Nevada County. And mm -hmm. so how do I find that? So to now, right now in our, uh, pandemic world that we're all weaving through. And I do want to put my heart out there to you all as you're configuring your new life. May you find joy, peace, and love in these new adventures and heal from the grief that we all are facing from the life we once lived. That being said, we got creative. <laughs> we got creative in finding ways to touch each other. So right now, you can go on Facebook and find the Heartway, and you'll see the Death Cafe event. And you just click on it to say you're interested in to attend, and then you'll get a link uh, for the night. And this month, it's uh, October 26th. At, so tomorrow. Pardon me. Pardon me. October um, 28th. May 8th. That's tomorrow. Uh, when A week. <laughs> a week well, away. For our listeners, it's tomorrow, yes. Tomorrow. That's right. Forgive me. I'm running around with so many projects right now. Um, so, yes, tomorrow night um, at the 28th at 7 p.m., it'll be live on Facebook. Love to have you join. Send me a message. You heard us on the radio, and I'll say a special shout-out to you. So and you mentioned the Heartway. So tell us a little bit about the Heartway. Hmm. So they, because they have to go to the Heartway to find this information. They do. And um, there's also a second, can I share the other? Yes, cafe? yes, absolutely. On the 20th, oh, the, the following month, it's every Monday afternoon and every Wednesday night. And you can get all the information on Facebook and our new website that's coming up, but Facebook is right up to date. And, and are they, they're, are the listeners looking for Death Cafe or the Heartway? The Heartway. The Heartway. And the Heartway is a nonprofit that you started. It is. Heartway is a, a nonprofit 501c3 uh, organization that's dedicated to supporting those before, during, and after death by providing end-of-life care, uh, counseling, advocacy, and ministry to help ease the burdens that come with us and our families and loved one and caregivers. We are a nonprofit and we choose not to charge for end of life care. So families can put their energy in saying goodbye and grieving and loving 
their loved one through. And we provide lots of educational programs and community services like the Death Cafe. And uh, we'll just be releasing in 2021 an end of life practitioner training program that I'm especially excited about that really weaves in the things that have been near and dear to my work in 35 years from mythology to psychology to um, death doula and all the things that can help us to support ourselves and each other. My goal actually is to work myself out of a job. Because there'd be so many people who are participating in this. Is that what you're kind saying? Of. It's because we all can care for ourselves and our loved ones. I want to empower ourselves uh, to have the confidence that this is a natural part of life. We have a, a bless his heart, Sigmund Freud, a natural death instinct. We were born with it. We've lost it in this journey in our, in our life. As we live in a, a culture, in Western culture, that really spends more time kind of denying life. It's really hard to embrace this journey of life and honor death when we live in a culture that's anti-aging. If you're not going to age, how are you going to die? <laughs> so we put things in place that kind of inhibit, and we're not around death, literal, physical death. We read about it, we hear about it, we watch films, there's a video games, ad nauseum of the news bent on terror. Um, but we really, actual death that we're holding and, and loving is a bit foreign to us. And the farther we've removed ourselves from nature, the farther we've lost that natural comfort with that journey. So, so Andrea, we have just a few minutes and- Oh, it does, doesn't it? And for the folks that want to continue this process of educating themselves on death and being comfortable talking about death, we know that they can go to the heartway.org is your website, and that will lead them right to Death Cafe. What other resources do, do you suggest? Are there books or any kind of resources that if somebody is opening their mind to this discussion that you would recommend? <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and thank you, that's a beautiful question. And there are so, so many resources that also can be very, very overwhelming. If you recognize yourself in any of the conversation uh, today that we've had about maybe being fearful or uh, uh, uncomfortable with death, or you have a loved one that's dying, or you're taking this journey with some terminal disease, don't hesitate to reach out to the Heartway. And I'm, we're very happy to provide you resources with books and connection. But I would say the first step starts at home and home is where your heart is. Take a peek at what's in there and then take a step forward in providing um, uh, tools for yourself to be nurtured. The Death Cafe is a brilliant place to start you don't have to say a word. You can just listen and take it all and take it all in. And from there, you'll be led down whatever rabbit hole, if you will, to explore information. Um, but I think the greatest gift we can give ourselves in this life is to embrace our lives and honor death. If we're embracing life, we're honoring death. And as you know, when we face a fear in our lives, whole bunch of magic happens. We're freed up from that burden. 
And when we free ourselves from our fears of death, we free ourselves to live more fully. And it's all about love. It allows our heart to be open in love. And that's what it's all about. Andrea, you have really lifted my heart in this conversation. (laughs) And you've been listening to Embracing the Journey on KBMR. I'm Lori Burkhart Frank, and we've been talking to Andrea Dearheart. She facilitates the Death Cafe, and she started theheartway.org. She's passionate founder of that organization. We want to thank our engineer tonight, Ralph Henson, and to Jeff Wright for our theme music. <laughs>